up, y'all? And welcome back to Pound the Talk. It's been another two-week break, or not two-week break, but one-week break in between. So it's been two weeks since our last episode. I'm Ben Chasen, joined as always by Will Carmen. And we got a lot to talk about today because there are now three revenue sport um, seasons happening, all three of them at once, uh, Northwestern football, which continues to be a struggle. Uh, and then, you know, the, the hopeful beginnings to both of Northwestern's basketball uh, teams seasons earlier this week. Um, and then we got a couple non-red sports to talk about, uh, particularly Northwestern's field hockey team, which will compete in the NCAA tournament. Uh, this will come out on Friday, so today. Um, and, uh, and it's soccer team that lost in a heartbreaker to Indiana. But we'll start with football. Uh you know, I mean, like it's again been two weeks since we did this, so we can kind of talk about both Minnesota and Iowa. But I guess we'll focus on the Iowa game because it was the closer one. Um, what's the like? Wh- where are you really right now with this team, particularly going forward? Because this season's a lost cause; they're not going to make a bowl game unless they win all three of their remaining games, which seems incredibly unlikely. Um, well, they could win two. They could win two, but it looks like there's going to be enough six and six teams at the very least. Um, oh, okay. To qualify. And if that's the case, the Northwestern won't get a bowl game. They've also in the past kind of said that they might not take a five and seven bid because it's like what the program represents. I don't really know. Um, but they could win two. So let me ask you that actually. Let's, let's go with that. Cause you said they might win two. Which two do you think are they're most likely to win? The first next game coming up is obviously at Wisconsin. Uh, but where does that Iowa game leave you feeling? And if they you do think they can win two games, what, what are they? Um, you know, I, let's start with what I thought the Iowa game makes me think going forward. You know, I think they showed good fight against a decent Iowa team. Um, you know, they got the ball back with a chance to win the game, and unfortunately Marty threw a bad pick. But, you know, I think all things considered, Iowa was a solid development in Northwestern season, season given what we've seen. Um, you know, if Northwestern is going to win two games, it's going to be Purdue and Illinois, you know. Purdue's the one where they're less likely to win of the two. I, Illinois is by no means a lock. will probably be an underdog in that game. But I think – I don't think it's impossible if Andrew Marty plays a decent game in the defense. You know, I think the big wild card in this, Ben, is the defense because the defense play, has played much more respectable since the Nebraska debacle. And so if the defense is decent, they could maybe find a way to beat Purdue. Yeah. And Purdue's also inconsistent. Like, they've been giant. They down. They've knocked off two – very good teams, um, you know, undefeated top top programs at the time. Each each of them, I believe. I mean, by CFP, Michigan State wasn't. Or were they? Yeah, I think they were up there. Um, and then by the AP at the time, I think Iowa was the number two team, and they knocked them off. But it's also Purdue, and they like play kind of a shifty kind of game. And if you catch them on a bad night, you can you can typically win a game. As far as my thoughts on Iowa go. I thought they looked good against Spencer Petrus. And then they adjusted well after the Alex Padilla switch um, at quarterback for Iowa, which I think obviously worked out very well for Kirk Ferentz and co. Because um, I don't think Iowa wins that game if 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 uh, Spencer Petrus stays in the game. Um, but I, the defense looks good against bad offenses like Iowa's offense is really putrid Rutgers is kind of showing itself to be what Rutgers always is which is not good 
Um, so the defense, when it looks good, typically does so against bad offense against bad offenses. And I think Marty actually got away with some mistakes in that game. There were, there were drop picks. There were all sorts of things that, and obviously like by no means did he have a good game. He turned the ball over numerous times, but he could have turned the ball over more times and it would have been even less close of a game. Um, I don't think this team is winning. I, I like the Wrigley factor is interesting because maybe they'll come out. Maybe that's like a jolt of energy in the arm for the for the game. I could see uh, Wisconsin's playing really really good ball right now, but they just lost their 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 running back Chesma Lucy, who's a big part of their offense, and their offense has struggled this year when it can't get the run going, and that's the running back. So it is interesting now. The, the Wisconsin defense is elite and is going to make Northwestern pay all game long but you could have another rock fight, you know? I, I don't know what happens at Camp Randall. Weird things happen between these two teams quite often. And and I'm not sold on Wisconsin, despite how well they've been playing in recent weeks. But I don't expect them to win against Wisconsin. I don't expect them to win against Purdue. I do not expect, but maybe, like, hope they win against Illinois because I enjoy keeping the hat. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a it's been a bit of a rough season. And again, like they're playing Andrew Marty right now because he's the mobile threat quarterback. And I'll ask you about this and then we'll move on to basketball because we're spending a lot of time on football already. Um, is it smart? Like, obviously this is probably the last year Andrew Marty's going to play at Northwestern. Would a better investment in the future be giving guys like Ryan Holinsky or Carl Richardson or even Brendan Sullivan a chance to start under center? Or is this kind of like a respectable way to send Marty off and try and get a couple wins while you're at it? Like maybe Carl Richardson. Um, I think we've seen enough from Alinsky to know that Northwestern is in trouble if he's their starting QB next year. Um, I think I don't think so with Sullivan. I think he's too young. I, I think Marty deserves a chance to start a few games at the tail end of his career. Um, I think it's more entertaining than any other alternative. And, you know, the reality is there's probably not a quarterback on Northwestern's active roster that makes Northwestern, that makes you feel good where Northwestern is next year. So you may as well let Marty have his last dance. Sure. Fair enough. Um, All right. Seems like a sufficient amount of football talk. So we will move on to the newly started basketball season. Um, First game of the year for Northwestern went pretty like, like about you were there. I couldn't watch it because they killed the BTN uh, free for students deal, which is unfortunate. Um, but you were there, uh, went about as well as it possibly could have, I think. Um, who who were your standouts from that game when you're watching? Maybe, obviously, I think, like, you know, Pete Nance is, is an obvious guy, but and, 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 and Boo Booey. But aside from those two, who were the guys you were watching in that first game and say, oh, these guys might have more of an impact than, than, than maybe we'd thought? Uh, I'll give you two. I would say Ty Berry and Elijah Williams. Um, I thought both played pretty well. And, you know, the issue with this, of course, is that they were playing Eastern Illinois, so who knows what to make of it. But Elijah Williams, I will say, the fact that he was taking open three-pointers, the fact that he was passing decently well down low, and Eastern Illinois is a putrid opponent. There were definitely passing lanes there. But I think it was an encouraging game from those two. Uh, Ty Berry, in specific, was not passive with the ball. He was aggressive and get 
finding his shot and he was he hit them efficiently. Yeah, I mean, I, my, my preseason prediction was that Ty Berry was going to be, or my bold prediction, I should say, was that Ty Berry was going to be one of the biggest players on this team that he was going to break out um, and that that would contribute to Northwestern getting to the bubble. I don't know if they're going to get in the NCAA tournament, but I think they're going to be close if they don't this year. Um, it certainly seems like Ty Berry had a decent enough game, right? And Elijah Williams... I think is a physical but fluid force for Northwestern. He's not one dimensional in his game. Like I think a lot of people might've thought he would have going to be. Um, I'm interested to see what happens when this team gets Chase Adige back, which should be soon. It sounds like it, it, it seems like a short and definite was what, uh, was what Chris Collins said, if I'm correct. So I obviously like you had Ty Berry playing the wing, I believe, I believe he started at the three. Um, which is interesting just because he's not really that like he doesn't match the physicality or physical attributes that you would typically associate with a small forward and maybe chase Adige does more so, but do you sit Ty Berry back down once chase Adige comes back out, like based off of what you've seen, which is incredibly limited. If Ty Berry keeps playing at this level and chase Adige plays at the level of what we saw him last year and you have to pick between one and the other, who are you picking? Probably chase Adige. Um, but that's that's also probably just biased uh, on my end. Um, you know, that's a type, tough hypothetical. I thought Chase Adige had a solid first year with Western, given he's a transfer from, um, given where he came from and sending out a year. Um, and with Ty Berry, I think he's a good spark plug off the bench, could score. Um, so I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, I think Ty Berry probably has we'll have a better shot selection than Chase Adige. Adige's shot selection definitely drove me crazy at times last year. And one thing Boo Booey talked about after the game was, and it was actually hilarious then because Boo Booey was like, can we delete this after? Because he realized he made a mistake. Like he didn't say it, but he sort of alluded to the fact that both him and Adige were just chucking a Tom last year. And he said this year we're playing to win and you could tell what he was hinting at. And so, you know. And he said he was after? He, he kept like saying, like he said, like to Paul when he got off, he's like, Are we able to cut this tape or something? And no, like, no, boo. something like that. That's so unfortunate. You, like, if you watch the video, if you watch the video, you'll see, but like, he didn't say anything outrageous. It's not worth writing about or anything. But if you're listening to this podcast, I guess have fun hearing that, that he was saying that. Um, but, you know, we, we all know that Odish has to get better in that aspect. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting the number of Northwestern players that saw the floor. I think the the players that people might be most interested in uh, when we talk about that are, are some of the freshmen. Julian Roper got 24 minutes in this game. Uh, Casey, Casey Simmons, who there's been a lot of talk about, got 14 minutes in this game. Um, like, what did you see in, in, in those two guys uh, that you think? Like, is there anything there? Is it just because they're playing Eastern, Eastern Illinois? Or is, is this recruiting class that has been hyped up for quite some time all that it's kind of shaped out to be? I just think it's too early to say anything definitive. I think in about a week or two, Ben, we'll have a better idea. Or realistically, truthfully, probably in a month or so where that Thanksgiving tournament where they play real teams, we'll know whether or not they're actually getting tick when they're playing against meaningful opponents. Right now, it's just too early to say anything. Um, I mean, Roper has a nice shot. Uh, Casey Simmons... I was sort of surprised by how big his stature was. Just a big guy, not not like 
not in terms of fat, just like strong, pretty big guy um, from that perspective. Uh, so, you know, I think it's too early to draw any definitive conclusions, but I think it's encouraging that Chris Collins is playing them right off the bat and wasn't being shy about giving them playing time. All right. Any other takeaways from, from men's basketball before we move on to the women's team? I'm cautiously optimistic about the team. I, you know, I think if Northwestern makes the NIT this year, it would be a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. Is that what you, let, let me ask you this, because a lot of people have said, okay, bubble NCAA tournament team. Would you say right now, at the beginning of the season, knowing what we know about the team going in, obviously, like you can't really make that many conclusions as you just alluded to off of the first game. But like as someone who's watched this team for, for, for some years now, is this a team that you would expect to be in the NIT? And if they don't hit that, it's, it's, an, it's, 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 it's short of expectations? It's a good question, Ben. I think it's fair to say this team should make the NIT. Well, it's tough because I don't think this roster has significantly more talent than last year. The question is, does an extra year, they've said the chemistry is a lot better, have, has the extra year allowed them to develop into where they're a solid team? If it's, it's, it's essentially the same team as last year. I don't think last year's team is talented enough to be an NIT team. Does the extra year of continuity help them? I don't know. I hope so. If not, then there has to be serious questions around the head coaching situation and program development. Um, so kind of a cop-out answer from me, but I don't think the peer talent alone on this team, Ben, is necessarily an NIT team, but I do think a team with this talent who's gotten an extra year together should probably be able to make the NIT at a bare minimum. No, like everything you just said makes a lot of sense. And it, it, it made me think of a couple of things. First of all, yeah, I wasn't able to watch the game. I was able to watch the post-game press conference and the guys are talking a little more confidently. It sounds like there is like a unified vision and goal here. And that goal is the NCAA tournament. And I don't know if we've really heard that from Northwestern in the last couple of years. It really sounded like, oh, we've been here. This is what we've been building for is this year. Let's get to the NCAA tournament and let's make some noise. That's good to hear. The other thing I'll say is when you bring up I think it's a very big year for Northwestern, and here's why. If they take the steps forward that they need to take, I think that Chris Collins keeps his job, right? If, if they make the NIT and make a run, if that's what you consider that to be progress enough to keep Chris Collins on board, so be it. If they make the NCAA tournament, even better. Um, Rowan Brumbaugh earlier today said that he wasn't signing a national letter of intent. Not the first time, and, and he basically said, and, and I don't disagree with him, I should say that on the record. Um, but I, I don't disagree with him. I think that like you get signed into this NI, or NLI and then if Chris Collins, who is the coach you've go, gone and committed to play for and you, the person you have a relationship with and really the guy who you're committing to, you're committing to Northwestern's a program, but you're also committing to Chris Collins as a coach um, and he gets fired, which I think is kind of what Rowan Brumbaugh was alluding to. Um, then maybe you don't want to go to NU. So I think it's very important because he's a top 100 recruit. Like, that's a big piece of talent for Northwestern to have. He's, I think, one of the top recruits in program history. Um, you don't want to lose out on that guy. And it sounds like he'll pull the ch- plug on, on his Northwestern commitment if Chris Collins isn't around. But I also don't think you can keep Chris Collins around solely for that purpose if he doesn't perform well this year. So I think it's an important year, um, you know, regardless of how it turns out, I think this is a a focal point for Northwestern basketball going forward. Um, Anything else or should we go on? Let's go on. All right. So women's basketball played off the first time Wednesday night, they beat UIC 72 to 49. Um, Few interesting things to look at here. Obviously this is a new look Northwestern team. 
There's no more Jordan Hamilton. More importantly, probably there's no more Lindsey Pulliam, uh, who has been kind of the staple of this program for several years now, including uh, that Big Ten championship title or Big Ten cha- Big Ten title, I should say, in uh, in the 2020 or 2019-2020 season. Um, you know, they started two first years uh, with with a number of, of of more veteran players sitting on the bench. Um, true first years, I should say. Is this like gonna be? I, I I guess my question is, they were functional against UIC, but maybe they won't be against some of the tougher teams in the Big Ten with that strategy. Do you see this as kind of a transition year for Joe McEwen? Do you think that him starting first years this early is kind of him trying to mold players into the next Lindsey Pulliam with more playing time into the next Veronica Burton and kind of sacrificing the year, or do you think that? there is a chance they could succeed even with more youth in their lineup. It's tough because, I mean, you look at Northwestern men's basketball when they had Vic Law, Brian McIntosh, for example, like their freshman year, Ben, that, that was arguably the most talented freshman class of all time. And they didn't have a Veronica Burden granted, although Drew Crawford was pretty good. Um, they still struggled mightily. Uh, I think this year's team is, it's an interesting case study because Veronica Burden is so good. Northwestern has such a good freshman class. Um, but I think it's probably a transition year. I think you're, you know, I, I think it comes down to the fact that last year was probably not probably last year was a really a big disappointment. Um, granted, they almost, they almost won their tournament game, but they lost, uh, which would have been a great upset, but you know, they beat UCF. You would have hoped they could have won their round of 32 game, but you know, like, I think a reasonable goal is to make the tournament this year and you have Veronica bird and see how far you get. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Ben? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, you know, regarding last year, just when you bring it up, it's interesting because they lost Abby Wolf, who was a, a massive contributor. Like, I, I don't know how disappointed I can be in hindsight with last year, given how much they lost. I don't think we realized how significant Abby Shide and Abby Wolf were to this team. Abby Shide became the best three point shooter in the country. Um, during that that Big Ten title run. And then Abby Wolf was kind of like this massive post presence that they were lacking all of last year, and especially after Courtney Shaw got hurt for five weeks. So given the circumstances of what they lost and then the injuries that they had, I thought actually last year was a reasonable year uh, for Northwestern women's basketball. A letdown, you know, in comparison to the prior year, no doubt. Um, but I think it gave them some stuff to work with. Obviously, Lindsey Pulliam's gone. Obviously, Jordan Hamilton's gone. I'm a big Jordan Hamilton believer, um, as anyone who, who's covered women's basketball alongside me knows. Um, so those losses will be felt. I think Veronica Burton, I, let me say this. I, if I had to pick having one of the following two players on the team, and this is going to get you know some people a little hot, I would, I would rather have only Veronica Burton than only Lindsay Pulliam. I think she is a more complete player that you can build a team around more. I think maybe Lindsay Pulliam is more of a leader and someone steps up in that regard. But Veronica Burton is an incredibly talented player. She's still a very good scorer, maybe not Pulliam-esque level. She's as good of a defender as I've ever, as, as I've ever seen in, in women's college basketball. It's absurd. Um, and then she just, I mean, do I have to say very much about her shooting abilities, just given that she hit a shot from well past, like well past the half court mark yesterday at the buzzer, which was awesome to see. Um, and she could pass. She's, she's got a hard nose for the ball. You get, 
can get can get the rebounds, can get on the boards. I think she should be able to lead this team to to bigger and better places, even if they're they're kind of mixing in, um, they're mixing in a lot of these first years. Um, Jacob Brown wrote our our three takeaways piece from this game, um, and he wrote that uh, in his third one, which was there's going to be some growing pains this year. There may be some growing pains this year. He said it's going to take times, and it might get particularly ugly at some moments. But this team is primed to get progressively better and better as the young talent gains confidence, particularly once Anna Morris gets healthy. December and early January might be very may very well be rough, but if Northwestern's pieces can start to fit together. For the final 10 games or so of the season, this group could be a serious tournament team. And that's how he closed the article. I don't disagree. Like, I, I think what we saw last night was a, a good deal of potential. Um, if Burton plays at that level, it's going to be really hard to beat Northwestern if they can get some contributions from the other players in the team. And I think Sydney Wood's going to be a, a, a serious contributor. I think as long as she can stay healthy, Courtney Shaw is going to be a, a great, great both rim presence offensively, but mainly a rim protector. Um, defensively. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, just because they're working in a lot of first years, which I think is by necessity, both because this class is good and because they lost a lot. I'm not, you know, sold on this being a transition year just yet, but at the same time, like, I, I don't know what to expect just because I don't know once we get to big 10 play, how much particularly Pulliam's presence is going to be missed. And, and to an extent, Jordan Hamilton, because I think she was a, an underrated um, cog in, in, in the machine of, of the Northwestern offense against Big Ten opponents. Anything else? No, I agree with everything you said. All right, so let's move on to the non-rebs for a second here. Um, I guess we'll start with the, the bad news or, or the more disappointing story, but I have a hard time looking at this through a, a not positive light because – it was Northwestern soccer's first year under a new uh, head coach, Russell Payne. Um, and they made the NCAA tournament. They upset Maryland on Sunday, or I think it might've been Saturday, but over the weekend, they upset Maryland with the number 10 team in the country with a great and like persistent soccer culture on campus. Um, like that is, that is the Maryland identity in that sense. And then they played another team in Indiana, incredibly close. If you saw the highlight of uh of Indiana goalkeeper uh, uh, Roman uh, Celentano, who made like four straight saves that were some of the most insane soccer saves I've ever seen at the college level. Those basically stood between Northwestern and a spot in the conference title game under their first year um, with a new head coach. My question is less about the team itself than it is about potentially soccer culture in Northwestern, because I think there are a lot of soccer fans at NU. Um, it's the first year under Russell Payne. If they kind of persistently have this like mild level of success, because we saw a good amount of turnout at games, do you think this could become kind of an identity non-rev sport at Northwestern? Or do you think Northwestern's just bound to not really have a team that isn't a basketball or football team that gets massive fan support? I mean, I think it's tough because Northwestern struggles to get an audience at basketball and football. I mean, soccer is good. People are going to go to the games, right? Um, so I, I think Northwestern students have shown if teams are good, Northwestern students will go to the games. And I don't think that's any different with soccer. Whether or not um, soccer is good, I think, is a different question. And, it, 
you know, based off the first year, I think you have to be pleasantly surprised and think there might be something here. Yeah, I mean, I talked to the player on the team, and, and I just said, like, how was that first year? And he said, Russell Payne's incredible, and he's going to do great things for this program. And and I I trust I trust that guy, I'll tell you that. Um, the one thing I'll say that is different, at least from the student perspective, and again, this is students, this isn't really about fans, because I think so much of Northwestern like sports attendance, especially at the non-rev level, are, are, are the students. Soccer's played on campus. It's right there on North Campus, right north of, or not even north, like right east of Kellogg, right? Just south of SPAC. So, so is field hockey and so is, and so is women's lacrosse. But like there are schools that have a really good college soccer culture. Um, and it's a schlep to get to Ryan Field and the Welsh Ryan Arena. And you have to take a shuttle to get there or walk 25, 30 minutes to get there from campus. You don't have to do that for soccer. And so I do think that if they, if they, can can do this regularly and maybe have a little more regular season success than they did this year because they just barely snuck into the Big Ten tournament. I, I think there could be a future here. Um, but I, I mean, like, that's kind of the difficulty with you're going to be renovating Ryan Field soon. You're renovating a building that still might not have great student attendance, even if it's an incredibly nice stadium, because it's just not close. And there are like schools with worse problems than that. My friend goes to San Diego State. And they're not even playing in San Diego County right now. They're playing, I don't even think they're playing in Orange County. I think they're playing in LA County out in Carson, California, which is closer to LA than it is to San Diego. So there are worse problems to have than a couple blocks of, of transit, but I do think it makes a difference. Any, anything on that? No, I definitely agree with you. All right. So then we'll move on to kind of the closer. And this is more of like a good luck wildcat section than anything else because i think both of us are humble enough to know that we have never played field hockey and that we don't anything else but northwestern's field hockey team on friday tomorrow or today depending on when you listen to this will take on the three-time defending national champion north carolina tar heels in iowa city where just a couple weeks ago they knocked off the number one team in the country the iowa hawkeyes um who were undefeated at the time it was the first time they'd ever won against the number one team in program history. Um, you know, would you like, 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 let me ask you this and, 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 and answer honestly. Have you watched like any, any field hockey highlights this year even? Not really, no. So then, then the question is, if they beat this North Carolina team and they'd knock off the three-time defending national champs, and they're probably playing Iowa then again, which is like a rival. Do you think like you would watch that game or Northwestern like, like, like fans otherwise? Cause I've been watching the games cause I, I cover field hockey. I like the team. I think they're like relative to the rest of the country might be the most talented team on Northwestern's campus in terms of like where they stand in the national standing. So do you like, what? how far do you think they'd have to go before you start paying like serious attention to the team? I think I'll watch, uh, I think I'll watch the game against UNC. This is this is where my insight does come in, Ben. I went to high school. One of my really good friends is now a field hockey player at Virginia, and they just lost to UNC in the ACC championship, and she was just telling me how crazy good UNC is. And so that's about as good of an analysis as I can provide. Um, 
<laughs> but I am hoping Northwestern and Virginia play each other in the championship because I think that game would be at Michigan. I could be wrong on that. And if that's it the case, be. I would it's be. In Ann but it's Wrigley week. So, so let me say that. Better question, maybe. Better question. And I guess you're a White Sox fan, so the Wrigley game doesn't have as much significance to you as it might to other Chicago native uh, Northwestern students. But, you know, Northwestern, suppose Northwestern is playing in the national championship for field hockey. Would you go to the Wrigley game? Like, like, like what, what do you do with that? Do you go to the Wrigley game so, chance, or do you go and see your friend play Northwestern in the championship at, at, at Ed Armour? So not realizing what day the championship was, I probably wouldn't go because I have a midterm on Monday. But in a hypothetical world where I didn't have a midterm, I would go to Ann Arbor uh, with 100%. Primarily because my also my best friend goes to Michigan, so it would be a fun weekend. But I'd also want to see Northwestern, so I, I'd go to Ann Arbor. I, I don't really care about the Wrigley game. Um, it doesn't do a ton for me. I, I know you're excited, Ben, but... I'm excited, but it doesn't do a ton for me either. I think a lot of this is going to be for the, the, I, there is a good portion of this fan base that are very big Cubs fans. And I think that this is going to be a special day for them win or lose. So I, I, I if Northwestern was good, I think it would be a lot more fun. It would be so just not cool good. if Northwestern was good, but also like, and I answered kind of like a, 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 a round table or not a, a mailbag question about this way back in July, but like a lot of like bars that Northwestern students frequent are in Wrigley are in Wrigleyville. So, you know, right. just, and like, it, it's going to be just a weird, never been a crazier time for an 11 a.m. kickoff. I'll put it that way. Um, so that should be fascinating, but good luck to the women's uh, or to the, not women's, just any field hockey team. Go, go, go cats in that regard. Um, I definitely have been watching this team all year long. They're incredibly, I, I would encourage everyone who listens to this podcast even if you don't know very much about field hockey, if you have watched regular hockey, it's really pretty similar. Um, it's just played on grass and a lot of like, imagine it as a cross between soccer and, and, and ice hockey, and you'll pretty much end up with field hockey. Um, Benta Bockers is one of the nation's best players. And that, that is not me being biased. That is just a factual statement. Um, Maddie Zimmer was the big 10 freshman of the year last year, and she's had another fantastic year. Um, you know, Clara Roth was a transfer from Princeton. They, they, I think, lost to this very UNC team um, at Princeton in, in, in the national championship a few years back. Maybe it was last year. I don't even know. Um, it, was, it was either 2019 or 2020. Um, the 2020 season was played in 2021, but 2020. Um, so there's a lot of storylines to watch here. And then Annabelle Scubas, who's been playing really, really well in goal for Northwestern for the last couple of weeks. I'd highly recommend everybody watch this game. Uh, 2 30 friday uh should be fun it's on btm plus so if you can watch it watch it if not we will have coverage of it on inside nu and on our social our social channels mainly twitter uh anything to say before we go will i do like northwestern this weekend against the spread Ben. 23 and a half i, I said it was it's... a good i said it was a good spread before the chesma lucy injury I was telling Max Stone, I said, I, I, I don't think Northwestern's going to score very many points, but I don't know if this Wisconsin offense is going to be able to put up more than 24. So I think that this is a good spread. And now, actually, I like Northwestern in the points. I don't know if I'll bet on Northwestern in the points, 
but I do like Northwestern in the points. I've gotten spurned by Northwestern in the points a couple times this year. So I think I might've learned better at this point, but I do like Northwestern in the points. Did you take Northwestern last week? Um, I did not take Northwestern in the points last week and I, I regret it, but I did think that that was also too high of a spread. I think I just stopped betting on Northwestern football mainly because I cover it and I feel a little conflicted with that, but also because it was losing me money. Um, mainly because it was losing me money, if I'm being honest. Um, so, you know, and you plus 23 and a half, it's still 23 and a half. I'm looking right now. Yeah, it's still 23 and a half. I, I think you buy the half point to get 24. Um, I, don't I, mean, know. I just, anytime, any, anytime Fitz is getting 20, I just kind of feel like you have to take it if you're betting. That's fair. All right. Well, that's your uh, your 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 pound the talk sports advisors recommendation of the week. Northwestern plus twenty three and a half. Go ahead and take it to the bank. Go watch the cats of field hockey, and uh, have a great week, y'all. Talk to you soon.